Glory to God. Amen. I would like to turn your attention in the word of the Lord tonight. We're thankful to God for his goodness. Amen. For his grace. I love what the Lord is doing in our midst. God is just good to his people. Hallelujah. He is just good to his people. And I want to read uh, to you from the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12. And uh, we're going to read just a few verses of Scripture here, beginning at verse 4. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 4 says this, You have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons." For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much more, much more, much more, much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live. For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness, unto them which are exercised thereby. I just want to talk to you for a little bit tonight on the tough love of God. The tough love of God. Could we go to the Lord together in prayer tonight? Lord, we thank you for your holy word. Your word is so precious to us and so rich. Lord, we, we can do nothing without you. And we pray tonight that your word would minister to us and speak to us. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would teach us and just open our hearts. Help us to open our hearts, Lord, and pour yourself into us. Lord, we love you and we worship you. We honor you. And we pray that you'll continue to help us every day. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray for an anointing upon this message and upon the remainder of this day. Thank you for visiting us all day long. We give you glory and honor, Lord. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. In the name of the Lord, God bless you. I could talk all night about the love of God. The love of God is so rich. I love the old song, Oh, love of God, how rich, how pure, how measureless and strong. It is forever the saints and angels' song. 
And, uh, and, and, and how many are going to have that song to sing over in the great beyond? Hallelujah. You know that's what we're going to be singing, oh, love of God. Hallelujah. Because that's the only reason that we will have been able to make it to that city. That God's love was so rich. The Bible says that we are to be rooted and grounded in the love of God. And that we are to comprehend with all saints. We are to comprehend with all saints what is the length of the love of God. What is the breadth of the love of God. What is the height and what is the depth of the love of God. So throughout your walk with God, your various trials of life, the, the, the different things you will face are all working together to teach you the length, the depth, the height, and the breadth or the wet, width, the breadth or the width of the love of God. So, so you learn in walking with God. You learn that the love of God, the length of it, is just, it's just unending in its length. In other words, there is no, there's no length that God will not go in order to save a soul. I think he proved that at the cross. The, the, the length of the love of God. And you learn the, 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 the width of the love of God or the breadth of the love of God. It, this, it covers the whole spectrum of humanity. That, that, that nobody is beyond this. There's nobody that doesn't count. It's just the width just, just stretches out over all humanity, the love of God. And you learn that. You comprehend that. And if, and, and, and if you're comprehending one facet of the love of God and perhaps have not yet comprehended the totality of the love of God, keep serving Him. Because your revelation, your enlightenment concerning the love of God is coming through the, through the things you will face. God will reveal His love to you. He will reveal to you the height of His love. The superiority of his love. His love is higher. There is nothing greater than the love of God. And, and he will reveal to you the depth of his love. The integrity of his love. The character of his love. See, his love is not limited to those who love him. He loves his enemies. He died for his enemies. You know that guy that, 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 that thrust the spear into his side? Jesus died for him. You know that guy that shoved the crown of thorns on his head? Jesus died for him. He, he loves his enemies. It's the, the depth of his love and the length of his love and the height of his love and the breadth of his love. And, and, and before long, you begin to ask yourself the question, what manner of love is this? It just, it amazes you. You, you begin to say, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Hallelujah. Folks, we should never tire of, of sounding that beautiful refrain that, that, that I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. All because of the amazing grace of God. All because of the love of God. Notice what the Bible said. The Bible said that that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
Notice what the Bible says. The Bible said God commended his love toward us in that while we were sinners, he died for us. Not while we were saints, not while we were one God, apostolic tongue, talking, holy, rolling, born again, heaven bound believers in the liberating power of Jesus' name. Not when we were doing good and being kind, not when we were being holy and being humble, but while we were raw, wretched sinners. When we didn't love Him, He loved us. When we cared nothing for his principles he loved us when we were disobedient he was obedient unto death even the death of the cross i could go on and on tonight talking to you about the love of god it's the reason we sing it's the reason we shout it's the it's the reason we're obedient to him the bible says this is the love of god that we keep his commandments You want to know why we keep his commandments? His love has persuaded us to keep his commandments. Anybody who loves me like God loves me is worth obeying. He's worth serving. He's not just worthy of your praise. He's worthy of your consecration. He's worthy of your life's devotion. I know he's worthy to be worshipped, but he's truly worthy to be obeyed in everything that he says and does. He is is holy. His love love far exceeds any comprehended thing. It it is truly unfathomable. and, 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 And his ways are past finding out. I don't know. There's some folks we would have given up on a long time ago. And God doesn't give up on them. He loves and loves and loves and loves. Alas, and did my Savior bleed. When I survey the wondrous cross, on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. It was the emblem of suffering and shame. How I love that old cross where the dearest and the best for a world of lost sinners was slain. Hallelujah. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross. Hallelujah. Till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. Oh, I'm telling you he loves you and it is amazing that he loves us. It is amazing that he loves us. And we can sometimes wear as a badge of of pride the the, the statement that I love the Lord. When in fact, ladies and gentlemen, we're not even capable of loving God. It is because he first loved us and showed us what love looks like that we are able to love anybody. Hallelujah. He taught us love. He showed us love. He demonstrated love. He loves us. Oh, hallelujah. I could, I could close tonight. I could close right now. And we could praise God the rest of this night for the great love wherewith he has loved us. And we appreciate his love as a savior. But he's not, he doesn't just love us as a savior. He also loves us as a father. And, and many times we, we embrace his love for us as a savior and we reject his love for us as a father. We push him off as father. And, and by doing so, we sacrifice and we, and we negate the most precious of relationships you can have with God. We love, we love the love of God as Savior. 
but we resist the love of God as Father. And this is what I'm calling tough love. The word, the term tough love is, is an interesting concept. And some people, you know what I'm talking about. You know, tough love is, is, is love when, you, when, you, when you're being tough on somebody. Or at least that's how we perceive it. I, I have a different take on it. I don't think that tough love is so much love that is tough on somebody. As much as it is love that is tough to give. Because it is it's sometimes difficult when you love somebody, it's sometimes difficult to administer the love they don't want to receive from you. But as a father, you have to do it that way. You have to, you have to administer love in the form of discipline. You have to administer love in the form of correction. You have to administer love in the form of veto. I know you don't want this, but you got to eat them Brussels sprouts. And all the whining and the squirming and the, and the crying and the, and the anger and, and all of the reaction. Anybody ever had to eat the broccoli when you didn't want the broccoli? Anybody had to go to school when you didn't want to go to school? Anybody have to put on that big winter coat when you didn't want to put on that big winter coat? Somebody in your world, your father, your mother, your parents, those who love you administered tough love and said, I know you don't want this, but this is what is best for you. And then there's a tough love in the form of correction in the sense that when something wrong is done, then there is punishment applied, not for the sake of receiving pleasure from the punishment, but from the perspective of you have to get on the right path. And if you veer off onto the wrong path, there's only one way that the wrong path will lead you. It will lead you to absolute destruction. And God is not willing that any should perish. You hear what I'm telling you tonight? God! God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It is the Lord's desire to see you saved. And you may not like him while he's chastising you, but he loves you enough to bring correction to your life and to bring conviction to your heart. He loves you enough to correct the course upon which you walk. Hallelujah. And the writer of Hebrews is telling us, listen, you, you need to understand some things. You have not yet resisted unto blood as you strive against sin. How many are striving against sin? I mean, every hand in this house ought to be lifted. Because sin is after you. Sin wants to destroy you. Sin wants to take you to hell. Sin wants to mess up your mind. Sin wants to mess up your life. Sin wants to mess up your future. Sin wants to fill you with condemnation. Somebody ought to be saying amen. Sin is your worst enemy. Don't you know that death is here because sin brought it? You ought to be striving against sin. You ought to, you ought to be abstaining from sin. You ought, to, you ought to be repenting from sin. You ought to be confessing your sin to God and saying, Lord, take it from me. Take it from me. And I don't care what celebrity sponsors it, and I don't care what famous people are involved with it, making it look appealing to you. You better repent from it. You hear what I'm telling you. No sin will enter that city. 
And you're having trouble. You're having trouble fitting sin into your walk with God, aren't you? You want to know why? Because sin won't get to heaven. And sin can't get into your walk with God. You're always having to choose. You wish you could serve the Lord and sin at the same time. But there's this conflict going on. If, if you're embracing sin, engaging sin, involved with sin, you're not walking with God. No man can serve two masters. You know why God hates sin? He hates sin because he loves you. Sin separates you from him. God doesn't hate sin because God is a hater. He, God hates sin because sin separates you from him. And when you embrace sin, you reject the Lord. And so the Lord brings correction and says, trust me. I know what is best for you. You're walking down a path that leads to destruction. You're walking down a path that leads to turmoil. Walk, hallelujah, in the true paths. Forsake not the old paths remove not the ancient landmarks here is the way walk therein I set before thee death and life therefore choose life come on somebody choose life oh I wish I could preach it like I feel it Samson choose life Eve choose life choose life reject the enemy and embrace your father when God came down into that garden as at other times and Adam was hiding from him and God said why are you hiding and Adam said well because of that lady you gave me and God said Eve what's going on she said, it's that serpent over there. He said to that serpent, upon your belly shall you go. Cursed shall you be. You'll eat the dust of the ground. Hallelujah. Imagine the feeling that God had when he comes down into that garden. And he speaks like he always spoke. He never stopped being love. He never stopped being full of compassion. He never stopped being rich in mercy. But Adam scurries off into a, a hiding place in vain. Because when he heard the voice of his father, it sounded different to him. God had not changed. Can I tell you what God said? God said, I am the Lord. And I change not. Let me tell this side. He said, I am the Lord. And I change not. God didn't change. But Adam did change. What changed Adam? Sin changed Adam. Sin distorted the sound of God's voice. Sin distorted the way Adam perceived the voice of God. This world that rejects God, they don't even know what they're rejecting. They're not perceiving him properly because sin has so corrupted their minds. Hallelujah. Some of these folks who say they're atheists, they start describing the God they don't believe in. And I'm like, man, I don't even believe in that God. Hey, let me introduce you to Jesus, who is God manifest in the flesh, who is both the Father and the Son at the same time. Let me give you a, a clear picture of, of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
No, 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 you, you have not yet resisted in the blood, striving against sin. And guess what else you've done? You have forgotten, the writer of Hebrews says, you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as children. He said you have forgotten that, that fatherly exhortation, that tough love that comes from God, that speaks to you as children. Nobody likes to be talked to like a child. People who receive speech as though they are children, their response is, don't talk to me like I'm a child. We all feel that way. Nobody likes to be talked down to. So we stand up for ourselves. Square our shoulders. Look whoever it is in the eye and become defiant. Don't do that with God. Don't do that with God. The writer of Hebrews said, you've forgotten the exhortation that speaks unto you as a child. With God, you need to be his child. Oh, hallelujah. I know you're trying to make a name for yourself in this world. And you're trying to always present yourself and posture yourself as being a person who has it all together. But can we just get real with God for a little while? And understand that he knows you better than you know yourself. Can you let down the facade for a little while? God already knows you don't have it all figured out. God already knows you don't have it all together. Stop telling God to talk to you like a man. He's your father. Let him talk to you like a child. No, no, no. I, we, we've forgotten that exhortation. Nobody talks to me like that. Nobody talks to me like that. You, you got to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. See, Jesus said that's the problem with this generation. He said you don't have faith like a child. It is childlike faith that allows you to receive correction as a child. See, you want to be a sinner saved by grace, but you don't want to be a child of God. Paul said, I, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I thought as a child, I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. But understand what he was talking about in 1 Corinthians 13. I'm just going to go ahead and go there so we can break it down. He wasn't talking about the spiritual nature of, a, of an individual with God. First of all, it's quite clear. He's explaining you need to grow up. But from a spiritual perspective even, he's describing when we all get to heaven. Notice what he said. He said, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. He's talking about here and now. He said, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. He's talking about on this side of glory. Where we know in part and we prophesy in part. In, under, in other words, we only have a, a, a little bit of understanding. Then he said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. He's describing life on earth. When you are on earth, doesn't matter how old you are. If you're walking this earth, you need to understand with God you are his child. Then he said, but... 
When I became a man, I put away childish things. He comes back to explain what he's saying. For now, we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. As long as you're on this planet, you are a child. And you think as a child, and you speak as a child, and you understand stand as a child. You will not grow up into the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ until you cross the Jordan's rolling tide. Until you step into that golden strand. Until you become a full man in Christ Jesus. Until you see him as he is. You're not there yet. You're still a child. I said you're still a child and you still need correction and you still need comfort and he's still your provider oh but but pastor you don't know how long I've been serving the Lord how long I've been walking with God let me tell you something I have found that the most seasoned of saints recognize the longer they live for the Lord their dependence on him their reliance on him their attitude goes away the ego goes away the pride goes away the thoughts that I don't really need him like I used to need him goes away and you realize every day more and more and more you're just a child holding hands with your father lead me Lord and I will follow Lead me, Lord, and I will follow. See, some of you, because you won't let him correct you, are are negating this precious relationship you can have with him. You want a relationship with him as Savior, but you don't want a relationship with him as Father. But the writer said, "My, my son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, and don't faint when he rebukes you. Hallelujah. My Lord, have mercy. He said, don't faint. See, see, God wants to have a real relationship with you. Who is he to you? Is he your boss or is he your father? Who is he to you? Is he your employer? See, see, see you, you, some people treat him like he's their employer and that they're here doing something for him as a, for a wage and as a service to him. And they're expecting him to give them a wage in return so they don't mind not being loyal to him when they're off the clock. And some people view him as their principal who, who they obey when he's looking and disobey when he's not looking. Well, guess what? This principal has the all-seeing eye. You thought your teacher had eyes in the back of her head. He really does. He's got seven eyes. And the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth. But you see him as your teacher and you see him as your principal and you see him as your boss and you see him as governor. And listen, he's all those things. He's he's king, he's master, he's lord, he's governor, he's he's all of these things. He is teacher, he's master teacher. He is all of these things. He's shepherd, he's the great I am. We could go on and on, but before he's any of that, he's father. Before he's any of that, he is your father. Oh, God.
Hallelujah. Don't despise when he chastens you. And don't faint when he rebukes you. Don't do it. Don't do it. The scripture says, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. Listen to this. He scourges every son whom he receives. Now that word scourge means flog. He flogs every son whom he receives. Now I, I'm very careful when somebody goes through something. I'm very careful. I never, I don't really, I don't really just come. Unless the Lord tells me to say it or, or, or reveals something to me. I, I'm very careful not to say, oh that's a judgment of God. Or that's the, or that's, that's, God did that. I'm very careful not to do that. But a lot of times, God will flog us. He will scourge us. You know what he said about parenting? He said, spare not the rod. Because the rod of correction will drive foolishness far from the child. And what we found in, in America today is there's a lot of foolishness going on in the hearts and minds of the children. Because there's not discipline from loving fathers and loving mothers. But, but God said, if I love you, I have to chasten you. If I love you, I have to correct you. Notice what the Bible says. If you endure chastening, then God can deal with you as a son. But if you reject him as father, then he cannot deal with you as a son. Don't you know that's where God is taking you? He's taking you to absolute sonship. He is restoring to you you sonship that Adam gave away in the garden of Eden God is giving to you sonship for what son is he whom the father chastens not but if you be without chastisement whereof all are partakers then are you and he uses a word here it's a bible word and this is the only time you can say it but it's got a meaning to it it means they don't know who the Father is. If you don't receive chastisement, then you are bastards and not sons. It means we don't know who the Father is. In other words, you're not the son of this Father. Because if you're His son, then you receive His chastening. If you're His child, you receive His correction. Let me tell you, there are other fathers. The Bible says that the devil is a father. That he is the father of all liars. If God is not your father, then who is your father? You better know who your father is. In fact, if you won't receive chastening of the Lord, then who are you praying to when you say father? Because God has said in his word, if you don't receive my correction and you don't let me chasten you, then, then, then you are not my son and I am not your father. Well, somebody fathered them. They do have a father. So when they are in disobedience and cry out, Father. They're praying to somebody. When you say Lord, you better know who you're talking about. When you say God, you better know who you're talking about. You better have your heart right. Oh, Jesus, help us. Let the Lord chasten you for whom he loves. He chastens. But if you be without chastisement, then you are not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. 
Now the Bible says that the sign of the end time will be children who are disobedient to parents. We're looking at that unfold right before our eyes. But, but Paul, the writer of Hebrews says that we gave reverence to our fathers of our flesh. How much more should we be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? He said, for verily for a few days they chastened us after their own pleasure. So sometimes the father of your flesh, sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes when he said, this is going to hurt me worse than it hurts you, might have been stretching that just a little bit. But, 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 but then he said, but God, God chastens us for our profit. Do you know why God corrects you? He corrects you for your sake, for your profit. And he corrects your course and he gets you back on the right path. You know, God will sometimes allow you to go through a thing that you have invited into your life. He will allow it to unfold in your life because you have not developed a hatred for sin. And by the time this sin gets done mangling you, you'll hate sin. And you can't overcome sin until you hate sin. Some people, some people are playing with the serpent because they don't think it'll ever bite you. And God protects you and protects you and protects you. And one day he said, you know what? You won't stop playing with it, so I'm going to let the serpent bite you. Let you feel the sting. Let you, let you understand what I'm telling you. Paul said it this way. He said, there are some people that I have delivered over unto Satan. Why? For the destruction of the flesh. This is called the chastening, the chastisement. But he said, no chastening for the present seems to be joyous. In fact, it's grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, 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 hallelujah, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Hallelujah. Afterward, let the Lord bring correction to your life. Let the Lord speak chastening into your spirit. Let the Lord correct you. Do you know what David said? David was in direct conflict with the Lord. And the Lord said, I'm going to give you three choices. He said, I'll either give you seven years of famine, or I will give you, or I will give you uh, uh, three years of your three months of your enemy pursuing you, or I'll give you three days of pestilence. What do you want? And David said this. He said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the three days of pestilence because he said the Lord's mercies are great, and I would rather be in the hand of the Lord than in the hand of a man." Let me tell you something. You can trust your heavenly father with correcting you. You can trust your heavenly father with chastising you. You can trust your heavenly father with bringing to you the needed discipline. Hallelujah for your life. Glory to God. So when the Lord brings chastening to you, don't resist it. Receive it. Welcome it. Embrace it. And say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Wash me from my iniquity. Cleanse me, O oh God. 
from anything that is not like you. Notice what the Bible said. He said, cleanse thou me from secret faults. From the stuff I don't even know is going on. There's some chastening God is doing so we can understand our need for salvation. And we have sin in our life that is unexposed. Sin in our life that we don't even know exists. But the Lord chastens us to bring us to an awareness. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wonder if there's somebody here who can receive him as father. Not just savior, but father. Not just savior, but dad. Listen, we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba! Abba! Father. It's why the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Dad! My father. Hallelujah. I thank God for my father. I thank God for my father. Yes, he was a disciplinarian. Yes, he knew how to apply the rod. He knew how to, he knew how to bring discipline when it was needed. But, but it began to manifest. The wisdom began to manifest itself in my life. And I began to see this is why he disciplined in this way. This is what he was correcting me for in this way. And this was what he was trying to prevent in my life. When he said stop. When he said no. When he said there's going to be punishment for that. He was doing it not out of spite. But out of love. And it was tough love to give. But it was love nonetheless. I want you to know if you'll submit to it. Afterward, you will see the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Oh, My God, have mercy. I'm telling you, if you've got some sin in your life, expect the Lord to chasten you. You might as well know it's coming. There is going to be correction from God, and it will not be pleasant, but it will save your soul. And afterward, it will yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Hallelujah. I wonder if we could stand to our feet right now, lift our hands to heaven, and lift our voices unto God. Come on, I want some children of God to praise His name right now. I want some children of God to praise Him right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, precious Jesus. Thank you, precious. Come on, Son of God, praise Him. Come on, child of God, praise Him. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. Ha, 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 ha. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let me, let me say something. Let me say something to you. There are many things, there are many things that enter our life. And we don't know why. And we don't know where they came from. And we go through those things. They're called fiery trials. Trials of our faith. We go through those things. There are other things that we go through, and we can pinpoint our contribution to why it entered our life. And if you're honest, you know I'm telling the truth. You can, you can actually mark it down and say, I remember, I remember when I made a conscious decision for this or for that, and now I'm reaping, I'm reaping the harvest that I had sown some time ago. And in those moments, don't give up, but turn to God your Father. Turn to God your Father. 
If you did not have a father that you could sit down and, and confess to and say, Dad, I'm going through something. I'm in trouble right now. I've got, I've got bad news. I did this. I did that. I think back to when my brother told me, don't drive my car. My car was in the shop. He said not to drive his car. I said, Nathan, I've got an appointment. He said, I don't care about your appointment. Don't drive my car. I said, Nathan, let me drive your car. Joel, do not drive my car. Let me drive your car. No. So I hung up the phone, went and got his keys, started his car. Pulled out the driveway. Oh, Lord help us. I started driving through our neighborhood, winding through icy roads. I was a very experienced driver of 16 years and 16 years of age. And uh, I came across a big sheet of ice. There were two cars on either side. And I was having to come through a little narrow opening between these two cars. And I felt the wheels underneath the car shift on the ice. Well, I've been driving four months. I knew exactly what to do. So I slammed on the brakes. And my car went off into a direction and slammed into the side of a truck. $1,500 worth of damage. And uh, I got out of the car and I went to the house where the truck was parked in front of and I knocked on the door. A lady answered the door and I said, excuse me, ma'am. I just wrecked into this truck out here. And she said, oh. She said, Bob, some kid just ran his car into your truck and Bob started saying some things that weren't very good and then she said and he just heard you so old Bob came out and me and Bob had an awkward conversation and then I had to make a very terrifying phone call I had to call my dad and uh And I knew that this was going to be the end of the world for me. I knew, uh, you know, such a promising life I had in front of me. He came to my aid, came to my assistance. And and he applied correction, gave me some punishment. But but he was just, the way he handled it, I just, I don't know how to explain it. It was just, I knew he loved me and I knew that, yeah, there was... There were consequences, but, but it strengthened me. It didn't, it didn't tear me down. It made me, it made me, it made me more responsible instead of to continue down a path of irresponsibility. It made, it made me, it made me care more about other people's possessions instead of being careless. There's just something about when the Father responds to your need. If you didn't have that, I, I, I want you to know I, I feel badly, but, but you, you can have that in God. See, the scripture says, when my father and my mother forsook me, then the Lord took me up. 
See, you might, not have, you might not have been able to sit in the living room like I did with my dad and have conversations with him about the Word of God, but you can have that with your heavenly Father. And if you don't know that love, it's a deep, 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 deep love. And I just want to challenge you tonight to, to let Him be your Father. I know, I know you love him. He's high and lifted up and you worship him. Worthy is the lamb and he's an awesome lamb of God and, 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 and great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And I know he's the king of all kings and he's the Lord of all lords. Can you let him be your dad? Can you let him father you? Which means to bring correction in love for your prophet to set you on the right path to deliver you out of your trouble. Yeah, he's going to let you feel the sting of it so you won't do it again. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Glory to your name, Lord. Glory to your name. I want somebody to come right now to the front of this house and just say, God, I need you to be my father. Lord, I don't want, I don't want to be a son in name only. I want you to know, God, if I'm veering off the path, correct me. Lord, I want, Lord, if I'm sliding out of control, you have, God, you have total license to speak into my life. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, that's it. That's it. That's it. Come, come. This altar area is open. I want somebody else to come and let them just, just come saying, God, I want you. Please, Lord. Please, Lord. Be, be my God. Be my God. Be my God. Be my Father. Be my Creator. Yeah, I'm thankful for your blood, Lord, but, but I need you, Lord, to apply correction. Because I don't know what I'm doing. Tell me when I'm wrong. Show me when I make a mistake. Show me the sins in my life, Lord. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. That's it, that's it. Go ahead and open up your heart. Go ahead and open up your heart to the Lord right now. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, my defender. My defender. You are holy. Oh, and I surrender. Oh, in my weakness. Oh, you will protect me. I surrender, oh, in my weakness, hallelujah, you protect, you correct me, when my heart strays, hallelujah, you correct me, I'm a father, 